Welcome on to The Backstretch. I'm Heather Williams, and I want to start with a simple question. Is NASCAR, is the model broken? It's been an absolutely crazy week as far as, far as developments go in the sport. You have the owners coming in at Charlotte and talking about how they are losing money in the sport as it is right now. You have the drivers meeting with NASCAR with some serious and legitimate concerns about the safety of the cars. So as noble as the next-gen car project was and has great as it's made the racing, especially when it comes to parity in the sport, has it broken the sport? Has it caused some irreparable damage in the sport as far as teams and drivers and safety and and profitability in the sport? Yes and no is my opinion. I, I think that it's caused some damage. I think there are things that can be fixed. I think that most of us as fans enjoy the competition level right now. The fact that you can go to the track and not have any idea who's going to win, which team, which driver. You can go to Atlanta and see Corey LaJoy lead laps. You can go to a road course and see Bubba Wallace finish in the top five. Like these are things that we never saw before. So it's very entertaining from that standpoint. However, I understand why the Hendricks and the Gibbs and the big teams, the Penske's, are, you know, concerned because they were charging a premium for being a premium team, and they can't do that now because the teams are so equal. So it is probably going to require a little bit of the changing of the model from their perspective in the sport to keep things afloat, or maybe they're just going to have to step it up competition-wise. I don't know. I don't know if there's ways. I'm not an engineer. I don't know if there's ways that they can truly find advantages in these cars. They have, for the most part, the best drivers. Their drivers all made the playoffs, so there's something to those drivers in a fairly equal car situation. Those drivers are still the top drivers. Chase Elliott seems to be the favorite for the championship. Kyle Larson's still hanging around in there. William Byron's probably going to make the cut. We'll see how the, the Roval goes this weekend, but there's still something to being Hendrick Motorsports. They're just not going to win 10 races like they did last year, more than likely, at least for a while. On the safety aspect, that's a little bit deeper of an issue. Um, I understand the driver's concerns. I understand why they're so worried about what's going to happen. I was reading a story today from the uh, great AP sports writer, Jenna Fryer. She does an outstanding job covering the sport. And she threw a little nugget in there. This is the first time in at least two decades that three full-time Cup Series drivers will miss a race in the same weekend. Just think about that for a second. We're going back to the 1990s since the last time that this happened. Um, I was in high school. Most of the people out there listening to this, many of you, I shouldn't say most, but many of you probably weren't even born yet or very young children. So we're in uncharted territory as far as modern NASCAR and modern safety in the sports goes. And, you know, I'm old enough to remember when... um, Drivers died in this sport. You know, I'm old enough to remember Adam Petty and Dale Earnhardt and Kenny Irwin. And you definitely don't want to see that 
happen again. So I, I get the concern from the driver's aspects. I understand also where NASCAR is coming from. You can't fix these things overnight. Um, but I'm glad to see the crash test that they had seems to have some positive data that will fix or go towards, move us towards fixing the issues with concussions. Um, I'm glad to see that NASCAR and the drivers met for a lengthy amount of time before practice on Saturday at Charlotte. Hopefully that will open up the lines of communication. I'm glad to see that the drivers are all, you know, in unity on this. They need to be. This is important. This is their lives, you know. it's. I mean, we're fans, and obviously none of us want to see them get hurt, but this is their lives. So I'm glad to see that they're all together in that. So obviously safety is going to be a big conflict topic of conversation with Chris and I, and then also with our guest, Christopher Bell. I asked him a question about safety in the sport as well as previewing the playoffs. And he's one of those guys that's below the cutoff line. So we are still racing and that is uh, a pretty big storyline going into Charlotte this week. So we'll have a mixture of those two topics with Christopher as well. So let's get started. We're joined, as always, by our crew chief, Chris Carrier, who also happens to be the crew chief for the number 75 Food Country Truck in the Camping World Truck Series. Chris, we touched on the subject of NASCAR safety last week, but since then, Alex Bowman missed the Talladega race with a concussion. There's a crash test scheduled this week to try to make some improvements to the next-gen car. Is that enough, or does the next-gen just need to be scrapped completely? Well, Heather, I, I kind of hate to say it, but I think it's too far into making the cake or have made the cake and put it on the table to say we're going to scrap the next gen car. Now, I do think it's a reality to step back and and do a major rework of that project with like some major points, mostly safety points, mostly safety points and some other, like maybe some stronger parts that won't fail as quickly. Uh, but, you know, whatever this is, whatever it's gotta be, uh, it's, it's, it's gotta be, and it's gotta be fairly soon. And we've got, what, four races left this year, or whatever it is, five, and then it's over, and then we're gonna go on to 2023. And um, I think everybody expects by the time they go to Daytona 500 in February that this this is all going to be pretty much resolved and that we're going to have a safer better more durable product and that we can keep on racing at the same level of competitiveness that we have this year so it they've got their work cut out for them now it's it's not this is not going to be an easy task but it's a task that's got to be done they got to get up that hill and uh, get on the other side and and put our drivers in a better a, a better place as far as safety and their own confidence in their safety and then then we'll go from there and I think things will be a lot brighter sunshine every day. Do you believe or do you agree with the statements of some of the drivers that says that this car is a step backwards in safety from the Gen 6 car? Absolutely and I think I think at the end of the day they're the best judge they're the ones that take the hits they're the ones that feel the impact uh, they're the ones that, that know the next day, the next week, the next month, how their bodies are reacting and healing to some of the things that are happening here versus what happened a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, whatever the case may be. And, you know, 
let's face it, I don't care how much they get paid, I don't know how much glamour they get, I don't know how much whatever uh, accolades they, they, they get from being a NASCAR Cup race driver. Uh, if you're afraid for your health and afraid for your life, nothing, nothing, you know, nothing overrides that. I don't care what it is. So got to get this done. Got to get it done. Chase Elliott becomes the first playoff driver to win this postseason. Has he reclaimed his status of championship favorite or should everybody just sound, settle down a little bit because the win came at Talladega? A little bit of both. I mean, he, uh, you know, he wasn't dominant at Talladega and there were some things happened right there the last few laps that, that, you know, he, he took the, he, he went through the hole when the waters parted. I mean, he did the Moses act right there and, and, and saying, okay, here we go. And it came out good for him. And, uh, you know, now he's, you know, he's breathing a little easier going to Charlotte Roval, which he's very good at. And, um, you know, does it put him in a driver's seat? Yeah, I think so. You know, whoever it was, it's, it's going to put him in a driver's seat because now, again, he can breathe a little easier and they can put a little focus onto down the road a little bit, which this time of the year is a big advantage instead of having to just, just worry yourself to death about today. And um, there's still, it's going to be really competitive. Uh, I, think there's, I think there might be more winners of guys that's going to be out of the playoffs. And uh, it's, this is a real competitive year. That's been the positive part. And, you know, I hope we can focus on the positive part and not have any other negative part the rest of this year. Because I think the end of this playoff deal, I think it's going to be intense and I think it's going to be really entertaining. Austin Sindrick, William Byron, Christopher Bella, and Alex Bowman are the forward drivers below the cut line as we head to the final race of round two. We know Bowman, if he's cleared this weekend, will need to win to advance, but who else is in trouble here? Or is it these three drivers or could it be somebody else? I, I think these three drivers are are probably really on the on the I think they're on the worry table right now because I, you know for one Austin Cedric is win came at Daytona there are no more speedway races this was the last last effort there this past week for that now he is also a very good road racer and we're fixing to go to Charlotte Roval but there are a lot of guys that are good at the Charlotte, Charlotte Roval and including uh, 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 Briscoe and, and Bell and several others you know that, that and Truex that can all do that Truex not in a playoff picture but you know, there's a lot of guys that can that can come out ahead and get that trophy this week. So, I think these four guys, though, they're the ones that are that you know they're on the bottom of the heap. So they're the ones that have to have to claw their way to the top and uh, somehow to get in that top eight and go on to the next deal. And you know, it's time, man. You got to put your best foot forward and, and can't look back. A report says another seat in the silly season has been filled as AJ Allmendinger will jump into the 16 car full time for college racing. That leaves just really the two Toyota cars to be sorted out. What do you think of AJ's return to the Cup Series and what do you think will happen with the 18 and the 45? Well, AJ, uh, let's answer that question first. Is uh, you know he's he's got a lot of experience. Uh, his you know his likability. Uh, is I think second to none. You know, I have a lot of people are big fans of AJ's. His energy, uh, what he brings to a race team, his attitude, and so on and so forth. Uh, I think that'll be a big plus. And I, you know, I, I, I pull for the guy too. I mean, he's a positive reinforcement uh, to me. He's fun to watch. Of course, everybody knows he's a great road racer. Um, looked like Saturday, he's a pretty doggone good plate racer too so I think he's going to be a big plus I think he'll be a force in the cup series the 18 and 45 
Man, Heather, I don't know. I, I guess it all hinges on everybody waiting on the official situation with Kurt Busch, obviously. The, the 45 is his car. Uh, he's the one that helped bring that car, uh, you know, up to speed throughout most of the year until he got hurt and had to sit out with, with concussion issues and, and head injuries, so forth. Um, if, if I'm assuming if he comes back, then it's like, okay, they got a big decision to make of who to put in 18, and I still think that'll be Ty Gibbs, even though I'm, the majority of people say, I don't know if he's ready for that or not. Uh, if, if Kurt doesn't come back, then that puts the 18 and 45 with big decisions to make. And to be honest with you, without the name of Ty Gibbs, I'm not really sure who would be the heavyweight name to put in either one of them at this point. I, th I think that they're, I think both, uh, we, we know that Reddick is gonna be at, at, uh, in the 45 in another year. That question's already answered, but what about next year? And what about the future of the 18? My gut feeling, Ty Gibbs in the 18. And then whatever happens with the 45 will just have to happen. I've heard talk that there's a chance that uh, without a ride in the truck series that John Hunter Nemechek might end up in one of those cars, at least for next year. Well, John Hunter Nemechek is one of the, he's, he's near the top of the ladder of the Toyota ladder, of the Toyota camp, who, who, don't, who does not have a full-time Xfinity or, or cup ride. I, I, I'll be honest with you, I, personally, I think that would be a very good choice. And I think he would react to it. He's been in the cup series. He's got the, he's got the experience, truck, Xfinity, cup, the whole nine yards. He's raced all his life. He comes from a racing family with his dad, Joe Nemechek. And I think he's a Toyota guy. He's in the camp. They trust him. They know him. I, I think, to me, that would be the most logical choice at this time. And, you know, he's at a point in his career he could do a one-year deal and then see how it goes. Who knows? He might win a couple races in that car and somebody come along and offer him something different the next year. For him, I think that would be perfect. Well, and the 19 car also comes up open in a year, too. There's so another one. There's a place where he there's could slide one. in after a year in yeah. one of those cars. All a right. Of, a lot of stuff in, a lot of cars to shuffle here in the next <laughs> few months and stuff. And and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. All these guys are, they're, they're catching up with me. They're getting older. <laughs> oh, you're a young spring chicken. NASCAR heads to the Roval this weekend. And to mention, as I mentioned, it's the final race of the second round of the playoffs. Chris, what are the challenges to uh, this half road course, half oval? Heather, there's there's a f three to four places that I can think of myself. I'm sure drivers would tell you more uh, on this on this layout, on this circuit that are that is really tight. You run out of room really quickly, and there's a lot of room, a lot of places for error and mistakes. And I still think there's there's something to the courses like this course and the, the, when we ran the Daytona road course and, and even the, the road course at Indy, uh, the Brickyard, uh, I think there's a little something more to, you know, these, these uh, hybrid road courses that have oval racetracks, they're inside of oval racetracks. I think that sometimes the oval track drivers, quote, uh, pick them up a little quicker. And, and I think there's, you know, less of, a, less of a gap between, you know, a guy maybe like we were just talking about, A.J. Allmendinger, who is a road course ringer, to the regular NASCAR regulars that run ovals. They adapt a little quicker. They feel a little bit more comfortable. 
and they probably their their uh, you know the results are a little better. Like like Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott's a good road racer, but he's he's run really well at at the up Roval. So uh, this place though is is famous for like the turn one going into turn one. It's like it's like every time they go down in there, it's covered with ice, and everybody slides up here and there and yonder and going everywhere and running into one another. Um, it, it's it's there's some tricky spots at this place, and you got to have good everything. You got to have good brakes. You got to have good handling, good uh, good arrow, good engine, good gearbox. You got to drive. Your driver's got to use his head. It's a mixture of all, and, and you got to stay out of those trouble places somehow and still run fast. Joining us now is Christopher Bell, uh, driver of the number 20 Toyota. Thanks for joining us, Christopher. Yeah, thank you for having me. So um, I know points-wise you're not where you want to be heading into the cutoff race, but you are heading into a really good track uh, for you personally. Um, do you like the fact that we're in the Robo? Because it seems like it's a place where you can make up points. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I don't mind the Robo. It, it's, you know, it's a place that I've had success at in the past. I've, I've never won there, but I've had great speed and great showings. So um, I enjoy road course racing. This year, road course racing hasn't been the greatest for the Toyota group or the Joe Gibbs Racing Group in particular. So um, that has me a little bit concerned. Uh, I wish that we were able to, uh, you know, advance without winning, but it looks like it's going to take a win to advance at this point. So um, at least it makes it clear for what we're going to have to do going into the race. So you mentioned you guys haven't been that great at the road courses. I, the best was probably the, the Indy course for the Toyota group, which is similar to the Roble and that you go on the big track and the and the little track can you take anything from Indy to Charlotte or is because the banks and the speed are they just way too different yeah I I mean Indy does have a little bit of a, a Roble feel to it but the biggest thing is is Indy the road course there is super super smooth uh, and I think that that fit our cars a little bit better than the road course that Charlotte is going to uh, the Charlotte road course is very rough uh, lots of um, rough sections and big bumps and, and, and the car moves around a lot. So uh, with that being said, our strengths are, you know, the, the really smooth racetracks. Um, so that's not ideal for us, but uh, you know, it, it, it's another opportunity and, and I can promise you that we're not going to go back with the same setup that we had. So uh, it gives us another chance to, to swing again and, and hopefully we have a home run. So when you're in this situation, this, you say must-win situation for you guys. Do you do anything different this week? Like, is there extra sim time? Or are you, you know, spending more time in meetings to try to get this done? Yeah, not not really. Um, you know, we go with the intentions of winning every race. So we can't put any more focus or emphasis on this race because we, we do try and win every race. But with that being said, the strategy calls can be a little bit more aggressive uh, because if we finish second or if we finish 35th it, it it's all the same so um you know we're not going to be focused on stage points we'll be able to do whatever we can to better our chances to win the race and with that being said you know if we, there's a, a fuel strategy gamble that um you might not take if you have to be focused on getting the best finish you can um but if it if it you know is a really risky move and it has the opportunity to win the race then we're probably going to take it um so you know, the only thing that matters is is trying to win, and and we will do whatever we, whatever it takes. There's been a lot of talk about concussions, and I don't want to ask you about the car because I don't want to make you comment on that comment on that if you don't want to. But my question is, as a competitor and a driver, 
you know, do you start to get nervous when you see other guys getting injured in the same kind of crash? And then also how do you measure, you know, your, I guess, your fear or your concerns and still get out there and race? Because I mean, you all have to race, you all know the risk, but how do you kind of measure that? Yeah, I mean, the the biggest thing that I've always gone back to and, and you know, I tell everybody is racing is, uh, you know, it's, it's not the safest sport. And, it, you know, even I, I shouldn't even say that because you look at football and basketball and people get injured everywhere. So um, it, it's it's the name of the game. And, and we know what we're signing up for. We, we sign our names on the dotted line every time we put a helmet on. So uh, it, it's you know, a product of the beast. And, and we try and take every precaution that we can to make sure that our safety equipment is as good as it can be. Uh, the cars are, you know, we got what we got and, and, and our teams are doing everything they can to make sure that they're keeping their drivers healthy. And, uh, you know, I expect NASCAR to uh, help us out and, and continue to improve the product that we currently race. And hopefully, uh, you know, it'll just continue to get better. Uh, I want to end this on a fun one here. I saw when you were in Texas, which is the closest to your home, you did a little race for uh, the kids, a little a kart race. And uh, what was that like? The pictures looked like they were, it was so much fun. Yeah, it was, it was a great event. It was so much fun. It was the first time I had ever been involved in, in hosting a, a race. So uh, it was really cool to see all the kids come out and, and, and have a have a great time you know whether they won the race or, or didn't win the race everyone was smiling and, and having a good time so that's what it was all about for me and it kind of seemed like we were maybe seeing the next generation of nascar drivers with all the drivers kids in that that was fun yeah that the division of cars that i decided to host the race with was largely influenced by the you know my cup competitors and what their kids are doing now so uh, yeah, it was really cool to see, you know, all the, the cup drivers and guys that I compete against on Sunday being dads out there, uh, being race dads. Joining us now is Christopher Bell, uh, driver of the number 20 Toyota. Thanks for joining us, Christopher. Yeah, thank you for having me. So um, I know points wise, you're not where you want to be heading into the cutoff race, but you are heading into a really good track uh, for you personally. Um, do you like the fact that we're in the Robo? Cause it seems like it's a place where you can make up points. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I don't mind the Robo. It, it's, you know, it's a place that I've had success at in the past. I've, I've never won there, but I've had great speed and great showings. So, um, I enjoy road course racing this year. Road course racing hasn't been the greatest for the Toyota group or the Joe Gibbs racing group in particular. So, um, that has me a little bit concerned. I wish that we were able to, uh, you know, advance without winning, but it looks like it's going to take a win to advance at this point. So um, at least it makes it clear for what we're going to have to do going into the race. So you mentioned you guys haven't been that great at the road courses. I, the best was probably the the Indy course for the Toyota groups, which is similar to the Robo and that you go on the big track and the and the little track can you take anything from Indy to Charlotte or is because the banks and the speed are they just way too different yeah I I mean Indy does have a little bit of a, a roval feel to it but the biggest thing is is Indy the road course there is super super smooth uh, and I think that that fit our cars a little bit better than the road course that Charlotte is going to uh, the Charlotte road course is very rough uh, lots of um, rough sections and big bumps and, and, and the car moves around a lot. So uh, with that being said, our strengths are, you know, the, the really smooth racetracks, 
Um, so that's not ideal for us, but uh, you know, it, it, it's another opportunity and, and I can promise you that we're not gonna go back with the same setup that we had. So uh, it gives us another chance to, to swing again and, and hopefully we have a home run. So when you're in this situation, this you say must win situation for you guys, do you do anything different this week? Like, is there extra sim time? Or are you, you know, spending more time in meetings to try to get this done? Yeah, not, not really. Um, you know, we go with the intentions of winning every race. So we can't put any more focus or emphasis on this race because we, we do try and win every race. But with that being said, the strategy calls can be a little bit more aggressive uh, because if we finish second or if we finish 35th, it, it, it's all the same. So um, you know, we're not going to be focused on stage points. We'll be able to do whatever we can to better our chances to win the race. And with that being said, you know, if we, there's a, a fuel strategy gamble that um, you might not take if you have to be focused on getting the best finish you can. Um, but if it, if it, you know, is a really risky move and it has the opportunity to win the race, then we're probably going to take it. Um, so, you know, the only thing that matters is, is trying to win and, and we will do whatever, we, whatever it takes. There's been a lot of talk about concussions and I don't want to ask you about the car because I don't want to make you come on that, comment on that if you don't want to. But my question is, as a competitor and a driver, you know, do you start to get nervous when you see other guys getting injured in the same kind of crash? And then also, how do you measure, you know, your, I guess, your fear or your concerns and still get out there and race? Because, I mean, you all have to race. You all know the risk. But how do you kind of measure that? Yeah, I mean, the the biggest thing that I've always gone back to and, and you know, I tell everybody is racing is, uh, you know, it's, it's not the safest sport. And, it, you know, even I, I shouldn't even say that because you look at football and basketball and people get injured everywhere. So um, it, it's it's the name of the game. And, and we know what we're signing up for. We, we sign our names on the dotted line every time we put a helmet on. So uh, it, it's, you know, a product of the beast. And, and we try and take every precaution that we can to make sure that our safety equipment is as good as it can be. Uh, the cars are you know, we got what we got and, and, and our teams are doing everything they can to make sure that they're keeping their drivers healthy. And, uh, you know, I expect NASCAR to uh, help us out and, and continue to improve the product that we currently race. And hopefully, uh, you know, it'll just continue to get better. Uh, I want to end this on a fun one here. I saw when you were in Texas, which is the closest to your home, you did a little race for uh, the kids, a little a cart race. And uh, what was that like? The pictures looked like they were, it was so much fun. Yeah, it was, it was a great event. It was so much fun. It was the first time I had ever been involved in, in hosting a, a race. So uh, it was really cool to see all the kids come out and, and, and have, a, have a great time. You know, whether they won the race or, or didn't win the race, everyone was smiling and, and having a good time. So that's what it was all about for me. And it kind of seemed like we were maybe seeing the next generation of NASCAR drivers with all the driver's kids in that. That was fun. Yeah, that the division of cars that I decided to host the race with was largely influenced by the, you know, my cup competitors and what their kids are doing now. So uh, yeah, it was really cool to see, you know, all the, the cup drivers and guys that I compete against on Sunday being dads out there, uh, being race dads. For my final thought today, I want to talk about the cutoff. This week, it's the cutoff race for the second round of the playoffs. Four more drivers will be eliminated. We know Alex Bowman will be one of them. Um, the other three, 
I mean, it's the Roval. Your guess is as good as mine. And I love what NASCAR's done with these cutoff races. They have made these cutoff races challenging racetracks, a little bit of wild card racetracks, but tracks that also involve skill, right? The cutoff race is not Talladega. We all love Talladega, but it's it it doesn't it and it, and I don't want to infer that Talladega doesn't require skill, but it's just a completely different skill that doesn't translate to uh, the rest of NASCAR. So um, I love the three cutoff races because they're literally tracks that anyone can win at: uh, Bristol, the Roval, and Martinsville. And I make it a habit to go to all three races every year because I love the drama of the cutoff. They're both very close to where I live. They're all three. Obviously, Bristol is close to where I live, but Charlotte and Martinsville are close to where I live. And it's just NASCAR got that right. We criticized NASCAR a lot in this podcast over the last week. But when it comes to the postseason, I feel like right now we're in a combination that's right. You can question Texas because Texas seems to be the outlier. And I guess we'll see how Vegas goes because um, that's the other mile and a half um, or the final mile and a half that we haven't raced yet but uh, I think we've got this right with the races and the playoffs and the order and where we cut off each round I think it adds a lot of excitement I can't wait till uh, the races we get at Charlotte thanks for joining me on the bath stretch we'll see you next week uh-huh.